0: Good morning. Good morning welcome to anastasia baptist church we are so glad you're here we have a, a very few announcements this morning but we'd like to tell you about how we can get connected we have a number that you can text to it's our text line it's 904-441-6900 and you can text connect and we will connect with you someone will be in contact with you if you text to that number and they will take your prayer request and see what kind of needs you have also um If you text NEWS to the same number, 904-441-6900, you'll be able to get a digital copy of the bulletin. And if you text GIVE to that same number, then you can make a contribution that'll help you to do an online contribution. We also have contribution boxes in the back and in the atrium. So, um, and we can also go online through our website if you'd like to give that way. We have, uh, we also have actual human ways to communicate. We have a a welcome desk out here. You can go out there and actually talk to a person. They can help you with any needs you may have. If you're a new guest, they will give you a, a gift. And um, they have a card you can fill out there if you'd like to connect with us in that way. And also in the bulletin, at the back of the bulletin, there is a, a keeping in touch card. You can fill that out and turn it in. We'll get that at the office and get you taken care of. We have one big announcement for today. We have a beach baptism today at one o'clock at 9th street. There's uh, several children still left over from VBS that need to be baptized, and then we have some adults that are going to get baptized also. So if you'd like to be blessed, that is a way to go get a blessing today, is go to the beach and see somebody get dunked. So thank you for being here. God bless.
1: When Bill said we had several children left over from VBS, I started to think, I mean, they haven't been picked up yet? What are we doing with them? And I'm sure the cookies and punch are gone by now. But then he continued that are still to be baptized. So we are still good to go with that. So that's out at uh, 9th Street. That will be the best place to to get there if you want to come at 1 o'clock this afternoon for that baptism. Let's begin our time of worship now. And there was a reason I was talking to you. Uh, I just forgot what it was, but I remembered it when I saw their smiling faces. And that is, in this song, there will be a time when I come back and invite you to stand and sing that final verse along with us. That was my purpose. And now I'm going back where I belong. remain standing. We're going to continue singing. The psalmist said, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Well, the answer is, how about right now and right here? So let's continue standing as we continue to sing. Come, thou almighty King. Hey, please be seated. A couple of weeks ago, you heard from Al Cador how he shares Jesus. And several weeks before that, Bruce Norman told us how he turns leftover brownies and ice cream into an opportunity to engage a group of college students with the gospel. So, Russ Dunn is coming this morning. I've asked him to come and share with us briefly how he shares the good news of Jesus.
2: Good morning. My wife, Debbie, and I moved to St. Augustine in July, five years ago, and we started attending Anastasia Church. Early uh, that fall, one Sunday, Al Cater approached us to ask if we would like to uh, learn how to better share our faith. My first thought was, how do we become so conspicuous? (laughs) Then we said yes. So Debbie and I joined a 13-week training where we learned how to present the gospel with the power of God's truth in a way that is friendly, relational, and conversational. The training included 10 on the job, what we call OJTs sessions, which is how Jesus taught his disciples. The purpose of the training is to become lifestyle witnesses where we can comfortably and confidently share the gospel with anyone at any time as we go about our daily lives. As examples, Debbie witness to her family, both of us to our neighbor, me to my biking buddy, my gutter contractor, and even a stranger on the beach. There's a story behind each one of these opportunities, but suffice it to say that when we are open to and expecting the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we're invited by God to join him where he is already working, and all we have to do is respond in obedience, sometimes easier said than done. This principle becomes really clear in another class we offer at Anastasia Church called Experiencing God. I've continued to participate in our training sessions where we take multiple teams of two or three people to witness in St. Augustine. Our first goal is to have friendly conversations and be good ambassadors for Christ. Our second goal is to share the gospel. Before we go, we always ask God to lead us to people where he's already at work. More often than not, people are willing to listen and many pray to receive Christ. On the screen behind me is a photo of my team's last OJT this spring. We met three young men, all local, non-attending church, all working in some way to deserve heaven. After earning their trust, they granted us permission to share the gospel. After hearing, they asked how they could receive the gift of eternal life. After we explained, all three prayed to receive Christ as Lord and Savior. We do this not to earn our way to heaven, which is impossible, but out of love for Jesus Christ and gratitude for what he did for us. There is pure joy, honor, and privilege when we join God in his work and are used by him. And so I invite you, as you consider the steps of your faith walk, to consider exploring these two classes which are designed to better equip us for when God invites us to join him in his work.
1: No, when, when Russ or Al or Bruce or anyone for that matter, goes out and shares the gospel, none of them are going out in their own strength or even alone. Let's take a look at what, uh, what God's word tells us about how the Holy Spirit works in this process of evangelism. First off, he empowers our witness for Jesus. Jesus himself said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria And to the end of the earth. Well, the second way the Holy Spirit is active in evangelism is by emboldening the people who go out to share the gospel. In the early church, Peter and John were arrested and threatened for preaching about Jesus and healing a crippled man. When they were released, they went back and met with the other believers, and together they prayed for the courage to continue speaking of the salvation that was available only through faith in Jesus. Acts 4.31 reads, And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Another way that the Holy Spirit is involved with evangelism is by providing spiritual wisdom that cannot be refuted by human cunning or argumentation. A little bit later in the book of Acts, we read about Stephen. It says, and Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians, and of the Alexandrians, and of those from Cilicia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. But the Holy Spirit doesn't only work in the evangelist. He also works in the hearts and in the lives and in circumstances of the ones who need to hear and respond to the gospel. He provides conviction, that sense that something is wrong and something needs to change. Jesus said when he, and the he he's referring to is the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. The Holy Spirit is also that agent of regeneration whereby a sinner's very nature is transformed by being born again. Jesus, speaking to Nicodemus late one night, said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, Nicodemus said, well, how in the world can that happen? So Jesus continued, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit... Lord, as we look out over our city, we see many who are lost and afraid. And yet we know that there is nothing that we can do in our own strength. Because we're shy or timid or scared. So, Father, we ask that you increase our faith. Give us the boldness we need to fill this city with the glorious hope of eternal life in your son, Jesus. Give us a longing for the opportunity to proclaim the goodness of your name. As we go about our lives, bring us into contact with those who have been given eyes to see and ears to hear. And direct our steps and lead us into the conversations that you want us to have. And Holy Spirit, we know that unless you build the house, our labor is in vain. We could share the gospel a thousand times today and yet... Unless you come in power and do the mighty work of salvation, no one will believe. So, Holy Spirit, be manifested. Save the lost and the hurting who hear the good news. We pray that as these seeds of the gospel are scattered and planted, that they would land on good soil. Make them bear fruit, Father. Scare away the crows. Enrich the rocky soil. Strangle the weeds. Instead, give us rich, healthy soil, ready to receive the seeds of the gospel. All-powerful and everlasting God, even though we go out as sheep among wolves, we are not afraid. We know that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you, Jesus. And we go with the authority of the gospel. The power of God unto salvation the most powerful message we can bring into any conversation. Lord, we believe to the extent that we can help our unbelief. Help us proclaim your name and your authority. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Let's continue this prayer through our next hymn. Let's stand and sing.
2: our generosity moment. I'm so grateful Uh, this afternoon we get to celebrate uh, some of our church family who are going to be baptized at the beach this afternoon. We have five kids and uh, a few more adults as well. So thank you for your support as a church. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your prayers as we get to celebrate how god is working and uh, you're a part of that so let's pray together lord we are so grateful for the faithfulness of this church thank you for their giving for their prayers for their support for their commitment to serve here and god we are so expectant on how god you are going to continue to work in this church we pray for those who are being baptized this afternoon at the beach and pray that you continue to work in their lives in a mighty way father we give you all praise and all honor it's in jesus name we pray
3: What an awesome message that is for God to change our hearts. That is something that only He can do. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit today, and that is what God does. Have you ever met somebody that you used to, you knew how they used to be, and they were one way, and they were uh, probably living like the world, and you could, you'd have never expected that God would Change them into what you know them as today and you've seen the change and you think, wow, I can never imagine you like that again, you know. That's something that only God can do. We cannot persuade people to salvation. We cannot convince them to believe in the Lord. That's only a work of the Lord. And that song, is it testifies that God can really change our hearts. So I've been on staff now for about two years. Um, July 1st, 2020, was my first, my first day on the job here. So I want to ask you a question. How well do you know me? I've been here for two years now. You know, How well do you know me? Do you like my likes, my dislikes? Do you know where I like to go to lunch? I know I've seen a few of you at the place that, uh, that I like to go to lunch at. So you know, uh, some of you know where I like to go to lunch. But um, <clears throat> the, I could ask myself the same question, though. After two years, how well do I know you? How well do I know you? The first uh, nine months that I met most of most of y'all, um, I was all behind a mask. So I only saw half of your face for for about nine months. So I don't have as good opportunity to um, remember remember your names and such and get to know you as well. And nobody's inviting anybody into anybody's homes or anything like that during during COVID. So I kind of got a little bit of a handicapped start, but. Um, so if, if you might be interested a little bit, I might like to share a little bit about myself so that you can get to know me a little bit better. So how about that? So I am a man of many hobbies. I have a lot of things that I like to do. I like to get my hands in. I'm a jack of all trades. I like to get my hands into a lot of different things. I'm kind of a master of none, though. Um, I like where art meets food. And I love Texas-style barbecue. Can I get an Amen. All right, I, I like to cook brisket and pulled pork. I like to do it with salt and pepper. I cook things over an oak wood fire on a on a slow slow cooking um, offset smoker. I love to do that uh, that barbecue like that. Um, I don't I don't particularly care for sauce. If you need sauce, then the meat wasn't cooked well, you know, so um, I smoked smoked my meats for like 12 to 14 hours. There's a lot of love that goes into that brisket, and I'm hungry now. It's um, getting close to lunchtime, so, uh, um, but it's too late now to start anything like that. You're going to have to go somewhere else in town to get some barbecue where they've been up since dawn. But, so I also like where art meets technology. I like photography, I like making videos, um, I could talk to you for hours about, about photography and shooting, um, shooting birds um, at the alligator farm and um, with, the, with the camera of course. <laughs> I like photography um, so much that last week when I first preached this message, I had actually gotten, uh, stayed up and drove two hours down to the Cape and two hours back in the middle of the night to get this image right here. This was the launch that went off um, last week, last Saturday night. And um, I have a friend who works at the Space Force, and she gets me on campus with all of the media, and um, we get to do some really fun uh, um, launch shoots, which is pretty cool. I also like where art meets music. I could talk about guitars, acoustic guitars, electric guitars. I could talk about the, the woods that, that they're made up of, the, the, the pickups that, that um, bring in different tones. I could talk about amps and styles of music and, and all of that. I like to play the guitar. I like to play the ukulele. I like to play the mandolin. Um, I can dabble in a little bit of drums, but I like percussion stuff, so I like playing an um, African drum called uh, a djembe, or I like to play the cajon. Um, and I like where art meets music, and I could talk to you for, for hours. I love to go to a music store and just talk to people about people who know music and who know um, uh, musicians and the instruments and what they're made of. I, I love all of that stuff. I also like water. I like to be in the water, on the water, around the water. I like to be in a boat, on a boat, behind a boat. Um, I I love to be out on the water. When I see water, I just want to get in it, right? I like to scuba dive, and I like to snorkel. I've been down to the Keys, and I've scuba dived a lot of those um, reefs down there. And I love also to spearfish, mostly because I also like to eat the stuff that comes out of the ocean so I like to spearfish and I like to go stone crabbing and I like to go lobstering I go floundering with my brother up uh, down down um, in, in the Matanzas River um, down south a little bit and um, I also like to uh, go out deep sea fishing and catch in, get into a uh, school of mahi and, and it's, that's really fun to pull in you know lots and lots of mahi if you get a good school of them going it's a lot of fun, I love to um, catch and eat tuna if you've ever had a good fresh cooked tuna, there's nothing like it um, I also love to go out on an on a early, early morning, super, super glassy calm, nice freshwater lake. You throw out a topwater lure and you catch some largemouth bass. Um, there is nothing like that kind of excitement of catching a largemouth bass on a topwater lure. It's just exciting. And I like all that stuff. You could get me going on and on about all of these things. And I could talk your ear off about it. Because these hobbies and these, these things, they bring joy to my heart. And they are dynamic. These hobbies are, are dynamic in these parts of my life. I could tell you about the smells. I could tell you about the, the equipment that you need. I could tell you about the skills. I could tell you about all of the, the updates to the new technology things. I could tell you about the, the nuances of, of barbecue and, and, and different kinds of fishing and different kinds of techniques. And I could also introduce you to all sorts of YouTube channels for experts that I've learned from about all of these different, different hobbies. Uh, hobbies that I'm into, and, and um, to help us all to learn more and more about it. I could just chat on and on and on and on, and you're like, okay, we get it. We got it. Good, okay. Um, so we're in the middle of a series called You Asked For It. And that's where um, you have asked for, you've communicated with us different ideas, and that's what each one of us pastors, as we go week to week, we're talking about topics and ideas in scripture that you have asked for. And um, you've asked us to talk about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, and that's where I am today. Um, and In many ways, talking about and preaching this message is going to be a lot like me talking about One of my hobbies. Because the person and the work of the Holy Spirit is so incredibly dynamic. It's so incredibly nuanced and deep. The Holy Spirit is 100% God. And he is equally as much God as the Father is and as the Son is. But he's often the most misunderstood and neglected person of the Trinity. So, we'll be here for the next, like, 20 minutes or so, and and we're only going to scratch the surface. I want to make sure that I said this is not an exhaustive message, because it couldn't be. We'd be here for hours. As a matter of fact, if we were here for the next eight weeks, opening up the Bible and digging deep into the Holy Spirit, you would still feel like we've only scratched the surface. You would still feel like there's so much more that we could learn and know about the Holy Spirit. And so... This message is not going to be super incredibly deep and, um, and exhaustive. However, um, I hope that you catch enough this morning that it will inspire you to do some research on your own. To go home and to study and to spend time with the Holy Spirit himself. So that you can grow closer to him and know him more. So before we dive in, let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this day and this opportunity to be here and to learn from you. I pray that you'll spend some time with us, some special time with us this morning. Draw close to us as we want to draw close to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, open your Bibles to John chapter 14. As kind of how it goes with me is the words are not going to be up on the screen, so grab a Bible. Get a phone, get a a tablet, get a paper Bible, because that's what I'm going to be reading out of, and turn to John chapter 14. I'm going to be reading from the CSB version. And these are some words of Jesus. I know they're Jesus' words because they're in red in my Bible. John chapter 14. We're going to look at verses 15 through 17. Are you there? alright, good in the youth group I say when you get there say oh yeah there we go alright, chapter, uh, chapter 14 verse 15 it says this Jesus says if you love me you will keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever he is the spirit of truth the world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him but you do know him, because he remains with you, and he will be in you. This is what Jesus is saying about the Holy Spirit. And So today's message, I have just two big points. We're going to be talking about who the Holy Spirit is, and then we're going to be talking about what he does. So I want, you to, I want to invite you, get out your pen, get out a little paper, because I'm going to be quoting a bunch of different scriptures here. And you might like to write some of these things down and dig into the context of each one of these passages we're going to talk about who He is first. According to this passage, we're going to talk about who He is. But before I do, I want to talk a little bit about who He's not. Okay, He's not just some great big energy that's out there. A lot of people talk about the Holy Spirit as it's just in and through everything and it's just an energy. It's just this, this kind of all-encompassing energy. He is a person He's a person, one of the Trinity. He's not we have we serve a God who is a Trinity, three in one, one God, three persons. It doesn't make sense, but it's uh it, it, the Holy Spirit is one of the three. He's not just an energy. He's also not a bird. A lot of people think of the Holy Spirit as it was descend, as it descended on Jesus <coughs> when Jesus was baptized, baptized like a dove. Um he might have uh, come down like a dove in that moment but the holy spirit is not a bird it's not a cardinal it's not somebody that you kind of you see as a little dove flying oh that's the holy spirit the holy spirit is a person he's also not weak we oftentimes think of god the father as the one in control jesus is the one who came and died for our sins and the holy spirit is kind of out there as like this other one that we don't really know about so he is not weak He is powerful. He is equally as much God as God the Father and Jesus. They are all ultimately, infinitely powerful in all places, at all times, able to do all things that can be done, and knowing all things that can be known. So the Holy Spirit is not the weaker of the three. He is ultimately, infinitely powerful. So let's look at this passage here, where he says um, that... The, the first part of this, who he is. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor. Now I haven't met, mentioned this in the other times I've preached this message. But I just do want to point out, it says another. Another means that he is, he, Jesus is saying, this is the one that is like me. This is another one. Another one of us, Trinity. This is another one. And he is the counselor. So th- your version may say, the comforter. The literal Greek words, Our parakaleo, it's one word that's got two, it's a combination of two words, para and kaleo. Para means beside, it's where we get our word parallel. He is beside us. And kaleo means that he is called to our aid. So he's beside and called for us. So the Holy Spirit is a comforter. He is with you. He is beside you. If you've been around for a long time and you heard a lot of sermons on the Holy Spirit, you may have heard of the Holy Spirit called the paraclete. This is where it comes from. Paracleo. He is the one beside us and he is called to our aid. The Holy Spirit advocates for you. If you've ever had somebody who's your advocate... They speak up for you, right? So there's the Holy Spirit who's beside us. He is with you. He is called to your aid. He speaks up to the Father for you. He is with you. He comforts you because He is with you always. He is with us. He knows the intricacies of our our life. The Bible says that God knows the hairs on our head. The Holy Spirit is also God. He knows the hairs on your head. And some of us fewer than others. Can I get an amen, right? Right? Um, So He knows the hairs on my face. He knows the hairs on my face. So um, he, he comforts us when he knows what's going on in your heart. He consoles you because he is with you and beside you. He is always there and he is called to our aid. He is another one like Jesus. He is the comforter, the counselor, the paraclete. And he will be with us forever. The word here forever is "ahiona" in Greek. The original meaning of this word in Greek, the word forever, ahiona, the original meaning of it is forever okay it's it's actually means forever that's just, we understand what that means it means in this world and into the next world it's forever and ever and ever and ever and ever forever i believe that this is an indicator that the holy spirit is always with us it's an indicator of eternal security that once you are saved you are always saved the holy spirit does not come and go You don't get a little bit of him now and a little bit later. He's not here for a little while and maybe you can lose him when you're bad. you got to ask for him to, to come and save you again, to come inside your heart again. When the Holy Spirit comes inside your life and he changes your life, he takes up residence and he is with you forever. Forever. Amen. He also says in verse 17, it says, He is the Spirit of Truth. And so, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, is that I believe that the Holy Spirit is a He. It is not in the, like, a He, Him, She, Them, They, but a, a, it's a He's a person. God has both male and female. He's an all-encompassing um, God, right? So, He is a person. He's not an it. A lot of times people talk about the Holy Spirit as an it, and they say, oh, it did this, or the Holy Spirit, it did that. And we don't talk about anybody that we know like, like that. It would be silly for me to talk about Pastor David, who I love Pastor David. Don't you love Pastor David? And he's so awesome. You know, I love how it goes back and it uh, comes to the choir, and then it comes back over. And, and, he's, and, and it is so like uh, personal, and, 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 it, and it has such a great sense of humor. And I love how it... Teases Kathy Buchanan in the front of the office. And, and as I did that in the first message, he says, Well, now, Kathy probably should be called an it. No, but no. no they, it's really funny to see them um, banter back and forth. But um, no, it would be silly for any of us to call somebody an it. Especially if it's somebody we know personally. So that's the Holy Spirit. He's a he. He's a him. He's a, he's a person. He's somebody we can know personally. As he says... He is the Spirit of Truth. The world is unable to receive Him because it doesn't see Him or know Him. But you do know Him because He remains with you and in you. This is something very, very different from any other religion, any other God, is that the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of you. The word in is also used when it talks about Mary who, as she is with child... It says, the the literal translation of that she is with child, literally is that she is holding in the belly, the baby. The baby is being held in the belly. And so the word in is the same word that it says the Holy Spirit is in you, which means that the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of us. Another really interesting little point is that if you're a Christian, you don't ever have to worry about demon possession People talk about demons. People say, oh, that's so scary. I'm not scared of it at all. Because if the Holy Spirit is inside of you, He can't be in the same place as any as, as evil and demons. So if the Holy Spirit is inside of you, I cannot be demon-possessed. Right? So uh, there's, there's no power that a demon would have over me because God is infinitely power and has infinite power over all demons. That's just a little something free. I haven't really thrown that out there to any other, other messages or not. But if the Holy Spirit is in you, that power is in you as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Don't you know that you are God's temple? And the Spirit of God lives in you. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. That's different than any other religion or any other God. A lot of people say, well, what about Samson? He had the Spirit of God. Well, he did. And in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God worked differently than it does in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would come on someone. And then that's why you would see it also leave them. It would come on them and lead them to accomplish the, the will of God and the work of God. And then it would leave them. It came on King Saul when he became the king of Israel. And then it left King Saul when he disobeyed. And so it came on Samson, gave him the great power. In Judges chapter 14 verse 19 it says that the spirit came on Samson. And then when he cut his hair he, he broke his vow and the spirit then left him, as it says in Judges 16, 20. The Holy Spirit worked differently then. Now it says, Jesus said, it's good for me to leave, so I'm going to send you another counselor, and he will be with you, and he will be in you. That was different. It was new to them. And so that's the age that we live in now, where the Holy Spirit will live in us. Next, I want to talk about what he does. What the Holy Spirit does in us our world and in our lives. And before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about why he does anything, why God works, why God does anything at all. And I believe this is also probably a whole nother sermon that we could dive deep into, but I believe that the Bible is clear that God's ultimate goal is to bring glory to himself. God does anything and everything that he does for his glory, not ours. It's why he created us. In Isaiah chapter 43 verse 7, it says that he created us for his glory. He's up there in heaven. He creates the the angels and he thinks this is pretty nice. This is pretty cool. But I want to reflect my glory. I I I want to do something that's going to show my glory. So he created the vast universe. If you want to study and, and blow your mind a little bit, look at, start to look into the vastness of the universe. God wanted to show us just a little bit of, of how incredibly vast and big he is. And he holds the entire universe in the palm of his hand. It's crazy. You start to look at the vastness of the universe and it's like a speck in God's hand. And so he did all of that for his glory. And then he created the world with the, the, the oceans and the skies to show how big and powerful he is. And that didn't give him glory enough. So he created all of, the, all of the animals, and he gave life to beings, and he showed he can create life, and it didn't give him glory enough. And then so ultimately what he did is he created us, who are in his image. The only thing that can give God the glory that he deserves is something that looks like God, and he created us. That's why he did it, to bring himself glory. It's why we should do anything good Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Let your light so shine before men so that they will see your good deeds and glorify your God in heaven. So we should do good things, not to bring glory to us, not to give us pride or build ourselves up, but to point our lives to God and bring glory to him. It's why Jesus came to earth. He came to earth. In in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 it says that Jesus came to be the radiance of the glory of God. Jesus came here to reflect the glory of God. That's why he was here. And that's why God does anything that he does. So when we talk about what he does, it's all for his glory. When he works in our lives, it's not because he loves us so much, although he does. But it's to bring himself glory. And there's two big ways that we can experience that. One is we experience in the blessing. There are good times in our lives. And when we're doing well, it brings God glory. God loves to bless his people. He does love you. And he wants to bless you. He works in your life and that brings glory to him. For those of you in the room that have children, don't you love to bless your children? Don't you love, or those of you who have, have grandchildren, don't you love to bless your grandchildren? Right? I've heard that, that um, being a grandparent is the only thing that lives up to the hype. You know? Is that you, you just love to bless them. You love to see them, enjoy. So I love it when you, can, when you come in and say, can I have a popsicle? And you give them a popsicle and they just got it all over their face and they're just sweaty. And they just, just like the best thing in the world is this little popsicle. You know, I love to be able to bless them with wisdom and with some experiences. And we took all of the youth group to the Jumbo Shrimp game last week or last night, and um, and all of these kids are having just such a blast, hanging out and having popcorn and and just having a good time. And I love it. I love to bless them, and God loves to bless us. He loves to teach us. He wants to give us a new and big, abundant life. He wants to give us gifts, and he wants to give uh, work in us. Fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. He wants to work those things in our life. He wants to lead us to accomplish His will. He wants to uh, reveal Himself to us through Scripture. He wants to work in our lives through blessing us, through teaching us, through guiding us. Um, Every now and then He will reach down and intercede and He will heal us. He will work that, that healing in us. For those of you who prayed for my brother, he was diagnosed in November with glioblastoma in his brain, brain cancer. And God has worked, the Holy Spirit has done miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle in his life to bring him to a place right now where he is he's thriving and, and, um, and really, really conquering this cancer. An incredible work of God's Holy Spirit. But it can get dangerous to think that he does all of this for our benefit because he loves us so much. And one of the popular phrases in our culture today is that he is for you. I don't believe that. I believe he does love you. But he is for him. He is for his glory. And because what happens when when, uh, things don't go your way? What happens when you get bad news at the doctor? What happens when a child is diagnosed with terminal cancer? What happens when, when you're lonely and you can't find love no matter where you look? What happens when your anxiety, when your depression, when your mental illness just doesn't seem to go away no matter how much you pray about it? Is God less for you? Is he less working? Is, has he forsaken you? Is he less able? No, he's not. Because he does work always for his glory. The second little point is that he, he um, works in the reigning. In the time of, of rain in our lives. Because it rains on the just and on the unjust. And when we go through difficult times, he will carry you through it. And that's just as much work as when he blesses us. He gives us the ability to forgive people that offend us. The Holy Spirit gives us power to overcome sickness. He works in our life when the world is against us. Jesus said, you will have trouble in this world. But take heart! I've overcome this world, and um, and and we uh, when when we experience those negative things, God's Holy Spirit works through it. He guides us, He teaches us, He stays with us, He's beside us, and He's in us, and we get all of Him. You don't get Him in installments, but the question is: Does the Holy Spirit have all of you? Have you re- have you given all of your life? To the Holy Spirit. Because as we study the Holy Spirit, we can also know that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can upset Him. We can disappoint Him. We can hurt His feelings. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 says that we can also quench the Holy Spirit. Or we can stifle the work of the Holy Spirit. With our sinfulness and with our, with our uh, uh, unwillingness to submit to Him. So as we study this, scratch the surface of the Holy Spirit, I want to invite everybody in this room and anybody who's watching online to respond in two ways, one of two ways. One, for every one of us that believe in the Holy Spirit, that believe in Jesus, believe in God, I want to invite you to refresh your commitment to Him. I've preached this message. This is now the fourth time I've preached it. I've studied this a whole bunch. I'm a pastor. I'm here all the time, right? But I still feel compelled to refresh my commitment to the Holy Spirit. To listening to Him. To walking in His ways. To submitting my will towards Him. So none of us are exempt from that invitation. Refresh your commitment to living and walking by the Holy Spirit. But if you are not a believer, I want to invite you. If you felt conviction of sin. I want to invite you that the, to know that the Holy Spirit convicts lost people of their sinfulness. And God may be draw, drawing you to Him. And I want to invite you to respond, to submit to the Holy Spirit, to invite Him to come and give you new life. You can do that just by believing in Jesus and repenting of your sinfulness. If you want more help, you can either, uh, you can come down to the church and talk to us. You can walk down these aisles and talk to us. and We can share with you about it. We'd love to help you understand how to take that step of faith. As, the, as this last song comes up uh, and, and we sing this last song, I want to invite you one of two ways. Refresh your commitment to the Holy Spirit or give your life to Him for the first time. It's a simple invitation. So I'll be down here at the front. Pastor David will be leading us to sing this song. Don't walk away from God's Word and the experience with the Holy Spirit and just be the same. Let Him change your life forever. God, we love you and we thank you for this time. I pray that you will move in the hearts and lives of the people in our church. As we draw closer to Your Holy Spirit, we thank You for what You're doing in our church, and we pray that You will just, You will just have Your way with us. Not our will, but Yours be done. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.
4: You poured out Your Spirit, Great Father of life. Spirit of Christ, the fruit of his triumph, the breath of his love, the proof he has risen and reigns now above your promises.
1: prepare to go. Receive your blessing from God's word. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Your challenge is to go out now with a renewed commitment to hear and to obey the spirits leading in your life. And all God's people who pledged to do so said Amen. Amen.